Good morning. I'm David Hopkinson, your worship associate today. And it is my pleasure to welcome you to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalists online worship service. Our greeters today are Elizabeth Wiley and Susan Childs. Our, worship, uh, our other worship leaders today are our minister, the Reverend Laura uh, Horton Ludwig, our assistant director of music, Dave Robbins, and our special musicians, Winsome. You'll see them later. <clears throat> if you're on Zoom, at this time, you might want to change to what's called speaker view, so that you'll have a better view of who, whoever is speaking. <clears throat> Our AV technicians will be muting and unmuting you as needed along the way. <clears throat> if you'd like to follow along with the order of service, I invite you to visit wuu.org to download a copy. You'll find the, the link right next to the Zoom and the YouTube links. If you're visiting today, we invite you to share your name in the chat if you like. And tell us anything you'd like us to know about you. We're glad you're here. If you're not yet on our email list and would like to join that uh, to keep up with our opportunities to connect, serve, and grow, please fill out our online visitor form at wuu.org. It's right underneath the link to download the order of service. <clears throat> now, today is our annual uh, animal blessing service. And we encourage you to snuggle up with your pets, uh, also with or your stuffed animals. <clears throat> if you'd like to share your pet's name in the chat box, uh, you're welcome. To, welcome, to, and you can so we can welcome them along with you. Please do. Uh, and now we kick things off with a song written by Bill Staines, a white singer-songwriter from New Hampshire who, by the way, is, is left-handed and plays his guitar upside down. All God's critters got a place in the choir. Some sing low, some sing higher, some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands to balls or anything they got now. Listen to the bass, it's the one on the bottom where the bullfrog croaks and the hippopotamus moans and groans with the big doo and the old cow just goes. The dogs and the cats, they take up the middle. The honeybee hums and the crickets fiddle. The donkey brays and the the old coyote howls. All God's critters got a place in the choir. Some sing low, some sing higher, some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands or paws or anything they got now. Listen to the top where the little birds sing. Melody with the high voice ring and the hoot out hollers over everything and the jaybird disagrees. Singing in the nighttime, singing in the day, the little duck quacks and he's on his way. The possum don't have much to say and the porcupine talks to herself. Oh, hello, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Oh, I'm just fine. I'm just. All God's critters got a place in the choir Some sing low, some sing higher Some sing out loud on the telephone wire Some just clap their hands or balls For anything they got now Everybody here is a part of the plan We all get to play in the great critter band From the eagle in the sky to the whale in the sea It's one great sound Place in the choir, some sing low, some sing higher, some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands and paws or anything they got. All God's creators got a place in the choir. Some sing low, some sing higher, some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands and paws or anything they got. Now. 
again, welcome. Um, if you're visiting WU for the first time, you see that Unitarian uh, uh, Universal Services have a different tone and character from uh, Gothic cathedrals. Uh, and, uh, we're happy that you've joined us uh, via live stream audio or uh, Zoom or however you are joining us. Uh, whether you've come here seeking comfort, encouragement, or inspiration, you belong here. You are seen here, even if you are joining us by phone and we cannot see you physically. Now I invite you, now I invite you to, oh, if you're a visitor, we offer you a special welcome and a warm thank you for joining us online today. Now I invite you to join, to set, join in saying our welcoming words. Please, as you say these words, imagine speaking them to each other across the screen and know that we are connected across distance. Uh, the words are pasted into your Zoom chat. Let's say them uh, uh, in unison. Yes, sure. Folks who are on Zoom, we will unmute you so we can all hear each other. And uh, let's see how well we can do this in unison. <laughs> come. 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 Whomever you love, image of the holy, of the holy, presence here is a gift. All are welcome. Thank you, David, and thank you, Dave. I love these videos. Well, good morning. Our call to worship today comes from a golden retriever, or rather, by the white American poet Mark Doty, who lives in New York City. Mark Doty wrote this poem called Golden Retrievals four years after his partner died as a meditation on living in the present in the voice of his dog. Oh, and by the way, I'd like to introduce you to the tales you might see during the service today. This is my cat, Pippin, who's sleeping on one side of me, and this is my dog, Taylor, who's sleeping on the other. So here we go, Golden Retrievals. Fetch. Balls and sticks capture my attention seconds at a time. Catch? Eh, I don't think so. Bunny? Tumbling leaf? A squirrel who's, oh joy, actually scared. Sniff the wind, then I'm off again. Muck, pond, ditch, residue of any thrillingly dead thing. And you? Either you're sunk in the past, half our walk, thinking of what you can never bring back, or else you're off in some fog concerning tomorrow? Is that what you call it? My work to unsnare time's warp and woof, retrieving my haze-headed friend, you. This shining bark, a Zen master's bronzy gong calls you here entirely now. Bow wow, bow wow, bow wow. In this spirit, let us worship together. Now please join me in saying the words to, to light our chalice as we highlight uh, Austin Peterson and Hildy today. If you have a chalice or a candle handy nearby, please go ahead and light it now. Again, we'll, un we'll unmute all of you and say the words in what, what sounds something like unison. <clears throat> we light this chalice for the warmth of love. Truth, energy of action, action, harmony of peace, and peace in our hearts, in our community, in our world, and peace in our world. to see and bills to pay he 
learned to nap while I was away And he was talking for I knew it And as he grew, he said I'm gonna be like you, Dad You know I'm gonna be like you And the cat's in the cradle in the silver spoon Little boy blue and the man in the moon When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to chase? I said, Not today, I got a lot to do. He said, That's okay. And he walked away, but his smile never did. He said, I'm gonna be like him, yeah. You know, I'm gonna be like him, yeah. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when. amazing thing I've seen in a long time. Wow, thank you Dave Robbins. Well, I get to tell the story today. I'm excited about this and the story I have to tell is partly literally true and partly true in the way that a very good dream or maybe a fairy tale is true. So the literally true part is that long ago there lived a man named Francis. Francis was born 838 years ago in 1182, or maybe it was 1181, but around there in Assisi in, England, in Italy. Francis's family was rich. They were merchants. But when he grew up, he left the family business and became a famous holy person. He did a lot of wandering around and preaching in the countryside. 
he also talked to the animals a lot. He called the animals his friends. And some people say he could understand their language too. One day, Francis came to a town called Gubbio. Now Gubbio is a real place. It's about 125 miles north of Rome and you can go there today. But here is where the story turns into the maybe not literally true part. At that time, a terrible wolf was ravaging the town of Gubbio. The wolf had killed and eaten some of the town's sheep. And even worse, the wolf had killed the shepherd who tried to stop the wolf. And then two more people the very next day. The people were terrified. They were getting a team together to go hunt and kill the wolf. When Francis heard this, he said, wait a minute. Let me try to go talk to the wolf. I might be able to help. The townspeople told him, no, no, don't go, you'll be killed. But Francis set out for the forest on the edge of town where the wolf had last been seen. And sure enough, the wolf appeared at the edge of the forest, growling. Francis walked slowly toward him and greeted him saying, hello, brother wolf. I will not hurt you. Let us talk in peace. The wolf was suspicious. Most people ran at him with pitchforks and knives wanting to hurt him. But Francis radiated peace and calm. At last the wolf came and sat quietly next to him. Francis told the wolf how scared the townspeople were, how sad they were for the people the wolf had killed. And then he asked the wolf, Brother Wolf, can you tell me why you killed those sheep and those people? And the wolf answered him, I was so hungry. I hadn't eaten for days. I would have died if I hadn't eaten those sheep. And I didn't want to kill the shepherd, but he was coming at me and I was afraid he was going to kill me. Now the people keep hunting me and I'm just trying to defend myself. Francis thought about the wolf's words. He thought, and finally he said, will you come back with me to the town? I believe we can make peace. The wolf was scared, but Francis explained his plan and the wolf decided to risk it. The townspeople were astonished to see Francis walking back to the walls of Gubbio, unharmed, the wolf pacing calmly by his side. Good people, Francis cried, the wolf would make peace with you. He was hungry. He was defending himself. Now he is sorry for the pain he has brought you. He wants to make amends. And so if you will feed this wolf so that he may live, he promises never again to kill your people or your animals. Moreover, he will defend your town from any who would harm you. This he will do for all the days of his life. He had to speak for the wolf, you understand, because the people couldn't understand wolf language the way he could. The people were astonished, but eventually they agreed. And for the rest of the days of the wolf, the people made sure he always had enough to eat, and he protected them. For now, he was their wolf, the wolf of Gubbio. The end. Well, thank you for listening to the story. We're going to go on with our reading today, which also comes to us from the Middle Ages. It's by a German mystic of the 13th century, Meister Eckhart. And one of our youth is going to read it for us. Thank you, Connor. Apprehend God in all things, for God is in all things. Every single creature is full of God and is a book about God. Every creature is a word of God. If I spent enough time with the tiniest creature, even a caterpillar, I would never have to prepare a sermon. So full of God is every creature. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, doggy. So let's take a moment to breathe together now as we enter into a time of meditation, reflection, 
and prayer. When we bless the animals, we remind ourselves that humans are not the only beings with worth and dignity on this earth. When we bless the animals, we feel and honor the mysterious light that moves in all things, in creatures, plants, land and sky and sea and people too each of us alive with this wondrous life that breathes in us. On this day of blessing, may we bow to that light and life everywhere. May we be humbled and delighted that we too are part of life on this beautiful planet Earth with all its joy and all its sorrow and pain. In our wider world today, we mark with both pride and humility an anniversary, the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment, which after a mighty struggle, finally gave women the legal right to vote, which should have always been ours. This year, may we honor the legacy of all those who have worked for voting rights over the years by voting, and supporting our democracy in every way we can. And close to home, it is a tender time in our community as we mourn the death of Phyllis Hostetter. Phyllis, a longtime member of this congregation who died peacefully on Wednesday after a long illness. Jack, I know you are here today and our hearts are with you and with Robert and Barbara, and with your entire family, we send our love. We also note with sorrow the passing of Gillian Dawson, former member of WUU, who died on August 7th. Her memorial service will be held online by the First UU Church of Richmond. Today, our deep condolences go to Gillian's family and loved ones, especially her children, Robin, Pam and Phil. We will share details as they become available. And now I invite you to think about who today is on your heart most especially. Maybe you're thinking of, of a person you love or maybe a beloved pet who needs some extra care today. Maybe a beloved creature who has died whom you are missing today. And if you're on Zoom, I invite you now to type their name in the chat so that we can hold your cares and your loves. And as we can continue to hold all these loved ones, all the cares and all the joys, I invite you to add your own silent prayers and meditations. Amen and blessed be. Her centering him today is the lone wild bird. It was written about a hundred years ago by a white Presbyterian minister from North Carolina to a tune by the 19th century white composer, William Walker from South Carolina.
still with thee, nor leaves thy side, and I am thine, I rest in thee, great spirit come and rest in me. Every week this summer, W members are offering a series of From the Heart Reflections on Racial Justice. And this week, we hear from Ariel Ben-Yashai. Thanks, Ariel. Thanks, Laura. And thanks, everyone. I wanted to offer something that's been on my heart and mind for a few weeks now. At the beginning of June, as the racial justice protests following George Floyd's death intensified, I read a UUA communication that suggested congregations consider their relationship with the police and how interactions with the police could make our African-American members feel uncomfortable. One of their suggestions was that we not call the police if our building is vandalized. I wrestled with this idea. And if I'm being honest, I resisted it. My immediate reaction was that if our building is vandalized, we'd want the police to investigate and that this is an issue of basic property rights and protections, not a racial justice issue. I thought maybe the UUA was overreaching. I continued reading and I then came to understand how the police's presence on our very own WU campus might in itself be a threat to many in our community. This was not something I purposely ignored, but it was a layer of impact I myself had not considered. It was a clear example of white privilege. Recently, I've heard similar logic used repeatedly in decision-making. Typically, someone will assert, to me, this is not a racial justice issue. This is troubling, both due to the privilege of overlooking the impact of our largely white decisions on other races, and due to the assertion that that impact is in and of itself a matter of opinion. Whether an action or a policy worsens racial inequities is a matter of fact. Just because we choose not to characterize something as a racial justice issue does not mean that it is not one. We need to do better at understanding and addressing this in all of our institutions, starting with those that we hold most dear. One of the most important institutions in my life is WUU. I want it to not only be a welcoming place, but also a place that works for justice and equity in everything that we do, in everything that we do. So as WU board president, I am committing to looking at all of our board decisions through an additional lens, one focused on racial impact and equity. And I hope you'll join me, whether at WUU or beyond, when there is an important decision before you, even one that at first blush doesn't appear to have a racial justice impact. I hope you'll ask yourself, how could my choice worsen or improve racial inequities? I hope you'll do some digging to find out. Together, let's commit to dig deeper, to not only address the issues we understand, but to better understand those that we don't yet. Thank you all. <clears throat> Each Sunday, we make an offering from the bounty which we are blessed uh, to enjoy. We do this in a spirit of generosity and in recognition of our ongoing commitment to serve our world and to share our values. <clears throat> if you are joining us for the first time, please feel free to give if you wish, but also know that your presence here today is gift enough. <clears throat> Today's offering uh, is going to go to the Heritage Humane Society's Kibble Kitchen. 
and we're happen, happy to welcome our guest, uh, Diana Krelto, Krell, to, our, to tell us more about the Kibble Kitchen. Go ahead, Diana. Hi, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> I am, I'm Diana, I'm with Heritage Humane Society, and I am the one who runs our Kibble Kitchen program, which we've had up and running for several years now, um, not having any idea that in 2020, it would be needed more uh, than ever before. Uh, so we are uh, very thankful uh, for WUU sponsoring the Kibble Kitchen this week with the offering. Um, we have decided in this past week because of uh, the recognition of WUU that we are going to um, softly launch the Kibble Kitchen and Beyond, which is now going to help cover medical costs to folks who are experiencing a medical emergency or need assistance with caring for their pets medically in the community. Um, I've been in Williamsburg now for the better part of 10 years and I'm just in awe of how well the community takes care of animals here uh, and how much support Heritage receives from the community. And we're so thankful for the opportunity to come and join you all for the blessing of the animals. Thank you, Diana. Um, if you'd like to give through our website, uh, please visit wuu.org and click on the quote, give online to wuu, unquote. <clears throat> Every contribution you make this morning will go right to this kibble kitchen that Diana just spoke about. <clears throat> if you'd like to give by text, please text, text the dollar amount of your gift to 757-500 dash zero six eight eight at seven five seven five zero 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 six eight eight and follow the prompts from there or if you prefer to give by check please mail your check to wuu 3051 ironbound road williamsburg 23185 thank you so much uh, Laura also will be posting those addresses on, on chat. Now I want to introduce uh, or turn over to uh, 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 some music uh, of What a Wonderful World. And the video, in the video of this uh, coming up, all the pets uh, that you see in the, in the video are uh, WUU owned uh, and uh, harbored uh, pets.
Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yay, Winsome. We're so glad to hear from you. And yay for all the beautiful, beautiful pets. What a joy. So in just a few minutes, we're going to get to bless all the creatures. But first, I want to introduce you just a bit to my dog, Taylor. She's still snoozing over here. Yep, there she is. Um, she has been an incredible blessing to me ever since we adopted her as a rescue, coming up on eight years ago now. Taylor is a boxer pit bull mix, and I call her my 60-pound lap dog because she loves curling up on my lap when I'm reading a book or watching TV or whatever. A lot of you have seen her right there on the couch while I lead worship. Um, and I want to show you a picture. I'm going to just indulge myself and do a quick screen share of one of my favorite pictures of her from recently. Here we go. So this is my girl. This is Tay Tay in her swimming pool. She had a really good time that day. Okay, there you go. Cuteness is over, but there you go. Just wanted to make sure you got to see her happy face. And I could tell you, she is just a sweet and bouncy girl. She loves people. Social distancing in our neighborhood has been really hard on her because when we go out walking, she really wants to go and say hi to all her friends. But this loving and friendly girl is part pit bull, which means that many people perceive her and other dogs who look like her as uniquely violent, aggressive, and dangerous. There's a long story about how that came to be, and I want to commend to you a book called Pitbull by Bronwyn Dickey, which traces the story. Bronwyn Dickey is a white writer from North Carolina, and she got interested in pit bulls when she adopted a rescue dog like we did with Taylor. And what she found in the course of her research was that popular fears about pit bulls have very little to do with actual pit bull behavior. For example, you might have heard that pit bulls have locking jaws. They don't, that's not even a thing. They just have regular jaws like any other dog. You might have heard that pit bulls are impervious to pain. That's not true either. And there is no scientific data, in fact, to support the popular idea that pit, that pit bulls are more aggressive than other dogs. But we hear about pit bulls biting people because the media tend to cover those stories. Whereas they don't tend to write about aggressive golden retrievers, for example, and believe me, they're out there too. One big difference between pit bulls and golden retrievers is that they are racially coded very differently in the American cultural imagination. Golden retrievers tend to be associated with suburban white people and pit bulls with black people who live in cities. Now, it's certainly true that lots of city-dwelling black people do have pit bull-type dogs, that's true. But it is also true that the way the media has presented pit bull-type dogs has a whole lot in common with the very worst stereotypes that the society puts on black people, and especially black men, violent dangerous, aggressive, impervious to pain. When you read these stories about pit bulls, the subtext is pure racial dog whistle, as it were. And this has real life consequences for people as well as dogs. You might've heard about breed specific legislation. Many towns and cities banned pit bull type dogs in the 1990s and many of those laws are still on the books so that if you have a pit bull type dog, you can't live in that town. A lot of apartment complexes also ban pit bulls. And in practice, pit bull bans often end up functioning as black people bans. It's pretty much redlining in a different guise. If you wanna learn more about this, I recommend listening to an episode of the radio show Code Switch called Dog Show, which is all about racism and dogs, especially pit bulls. And I'm gonna go ahead and paste the link to that show. Oh, somebody's commenting homeowner insurance companies too. Yep, that's true, I've encountered that for sure. Here's a link to the Code Switch uh, show. It's the link to the transcript that you can get the audio there as well. And for me, I gotta say this is really personal. 
when John, my husband and I take Taylor out for a walk, we are always really, really careful about how she interacts with other dogs because we know if she gets into a scuffle, people could blame her for everything just because she's a pit bull, even if the other dog was the one acting aggressive. And if Taylor were to get blamed and labeled as a violent dog, it could go really, really badly for her, especially if God forbid something were to end up in the courts. So even though Taylor is a gentle soul, the worst she'll do is lick you to death, frankly. We always have that worry in the back of our minds about how quickly things could go sideways for her because of how people stereotype her based on her appearance, always. And I love her so much. And though being Taylor's doggy mom is not the same thing as being a human parent, I think that maybe it's given me just a small sliver of insight into what it's like for Black families who worry for their kids' safety in a racist society every single day. And how deeply unfair and damaging and dangerous any kind of racial profiling is. And how deeply false. 800 years ago, living in what we now call Germany, in a society that, like our own, was, play, was plagued by racism, the Dominican preacher, Meister Eckhart, proclaimed that every creature is full of the divine. Meister Eckhart says, every single creature is full of God and a book about God. Every creature is a word of God. Every person, every creature, animals, wolves, cats, dogs, and caterpillars alike, so full of God is every creature, he says. And if the language of God does not speak to you, there are so many other words that approach what we're trying to say today. The way every creature, every person, every animal is simply itself and how that being itself is sacred just because it is so full of spirit, so full of light, so full of being, so full of suchness is every creature. And so today, as we bless the animals, let us remember they don't need our blessing to be worthy or valuable or sacred or complete. They already are those things just as they are, just as every person is, so full of God, so full of spirit and light and being itself is every creature. Will you remember this? Will you move through the world honoring every creature and every person? Will you help break down everything that stands in the way that is where your blessing catches on fire and blesses the whole world. May it be so, and amen. All righty now, it's time to bless the animals. And if you need to go round up your creatures, mine wandered off, one of them, but he's back now. Now's the time to do that. If you need to get up and move around, that's okay. I'm gonna just uh, offer a little bit of prelude. Unitarian Universalists have borrowed the tradition of blessing the animals from our Catholic neighbors, honoring St. Francis, about whom our wisdom story was today, honoring Francis and his love for animals by celebrating and blessing the animals in our lives. In these COVID times, we have a bit of a silver lining this year. We get to bless all of the pets, not just the ones who come to church in person. So here's how it's going to work. I will lead us in a brief centering meditation. And then I'll invite you to lay gentle hands on your pet if you have one with you today. Or, or stuffed animal. Or simply call to mind an animal that you'd like to bless. And then we, I will lead you in saying some simple words of blessing, and then we'll close by blessing all the animals of the world. So let's begin. And again, if you have animal friends with you today, sit close to them if they'll let you. 
If you don't have one with you in body, that's okay. Just think of an animal that you love and would like to bless today. And let's start by taking a breath, easy breath in and out, and another. And now I invite you to gently place your hand on your heart and begin to imagine yourself breathing love into your heart, love that flows into you up from the earth, down from the stars, love flowing easily into your heart. And imagine that love just flowing into your hands as you place them on your heart until you feel your hands full of love. And when you're ready, lay gentle hands on your animal friends, or maybe just set your hands down on your chair and imagine all that love flowing into the animals that you love. Breathe love into your heart and out through your hands as you connect with your beloved animals, easy and gentle. And now we'll speak some very simple words of blessing to them. And I invite you to repeat after me wherever you are. We'll keep you muted, but you just say it wherever you are. I bless you. I love you. I thank you for being you. And I invite you now to take a moment with me to bless all the animals of the world. I invite you to keep breathing love right into your heart. And now begin to breathe it out through your feet. Breathe that love from your heart into the ground, wherever you are into the soil that runs deep and connects us to every place on earth. The soil that holds us supports the creatures that crawl in the ground, our hidden friends, the insects and the voles, and the creatures that crawl or walk on the earth, lizards and snakes, possums, elephants, and so many others, and the creatures that live in the trees and soar in the sky, squirrels and birds, jaguars stealthy in the shadow of leaves, and the creatures that swim in the waters, fish of every kind, otters and whales, and creatures that swim so deep we have never seen their faces. And to all these creatures, all creatures, both known and unknown, let us say, I bless you. I love you. I thank you for being you. Thank you. And now I invite you to return to your natural breathing. And let's close our blessing of the animals with a song. The tune is by the 18th century German composer, Johann Sebastian Bach. The words are by the white 20th century Unitarian minister, Vincent Silliman. And once again, the playing and singing is by multiple versions of our own precious Dave Robbins. As we leave this friendly place, love give light to every face. May the kindness which we learn light our hearts.
us till we return as we leave this friendly place love give way to every face may the kindness which we learn like our hearts till we say the words to extinguish the chalice and we invite you to blow out your candle at the same time we will paste the words uh, in the zoom chat and again we will try to say them in unison we extinguish this flame extinguish this flame but not below and now I invite you to hold out your hands or paws or anything you got now in witness to all that connects us. May the blessing of life fill us abundantly, people and pets, animals and plants and every being. May we be held through sorrow and joy by a love that is big and wide enough to hold us all. So may it be, blessed be, and amen. <laughs>